Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My guest this week is human rights activist and North Korean defector, Timothy Cho. Timothy, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So this week you attended the Geneva Summit for Human Rights and Democracy. For listeners who haven't heard of this event or may have heard about it on on social media, but not necessarily followed it too closely, could you just give an outline of what it is? As it shows the tie to summit, uh, Geneva Summit for Human Rights and Democracy. So it is the main goal to promote human rights and democracy, particularly around this time. So the, the event I attended was, it was the 14th of Geneva Summit. And this is exactly also happens at the right center of the UN buildings. Mm. This event is usually led by uh, the president of the United Nations, which it implicates quite a strong message. It means we are standing or human rights and democracy, where the, there are many persecution and darkness oppression happens around this world right now. And we have just heard that news where Russia not, not able to join UN Human Rights Council sessions, you know, which is the right thing to do. And I was hoping that why just Russia and those countries who do not respect the basic rights and human rights and freedom of their citizens and instead of their oppressing their own citizens, this meant to uh, have some some kind of you know me- uh, a punishment mechanism like what we are doing against Russia, and I am I congratulate the UN members' braveness and standing and, and and speak on behalf of these millions of voiceless and persecuted people around the world at this moment. Uh, absolutely, I completely agree with you, especially on, on the point about the Human Rights Council. And yes, you're quite right to point out that Russia was uh, suspended this week and the only other country to be suspended is Libya in 2011. So Mm. just to follow on from that, you know, we we do have other countries. You rightly point out there are uh, China, for example, uh, Pakistan, Venezuela, Qatar, uh, just to name a few who are current members. Do you think by uh, suspending Russia's membership now, the United Nations needs to follow this momentum and suspend those members or does it need to go further and actually just rewrite its rules on how certain countries are admitted to the Human Rights Council? Well, I raised this question uh, during my attending at this conference and there were a number of UN diplomats and politicians uh, representing their countries were there. And obviously, if, if those members who are standing alongside China or Russia or these uh, authoritarian regimes, they wouldn't agree with me. But what I, what my questions were, that why couldn't we even make sanctions on these dictators' mm-hmm. bank account and financial uh, sources, such as like we could talk about North Korea, an example, and 
We did know North Korea's the, uh, the Kim family, they have their own bank account access in Switzerland. And we did make that decision on Putin's you know, financial sources and where the, uh, the, the economy, uh, particular financial sanction on this, where the income goes through and that spends on huge amount of mass, mass weapon of destruction. So this, I want, I think it was all agreed by all these human rights, uh, freedom fighters and human rights activists and all those citizens who cannot express you know, their views. And in, in this part, they don't even know how these, uh, uh, some corrupted money goes into the, their uh, private bank account and those countries who are equipping, they are able to have their financial accounts in those countries. There must be something we could do far more because I, I believe this is uh, uh, what the international community is currently shows being united, what means of uh, freedom and democracy, because there are far more opportunities than people are who can have this basic right, which we will talk about more about what this basic right means, standing for elections, such as an example. You know? Yeah. And what were some of the other topics that you uh, were discussing or some of the issues that were raised at the, the summits, you mentioned there are some of the issues around sanctions, particularly on uh, Russia and maybe extending that to the Kim family. So what were some of the really core issues being discussed at the summit? So we did focus on, on women issues and what's happening. And we, we had a, a number of speakers from those countries. And one of them was Saudi Arabia, Iran, where uh, these issues and quite is currently not really uh, heard or is not able to freely able to speak. And and we saw that someone from Afghanistan, you know, who who was uh, attempt, who whose assassination was attempted three times actually, and oh. she was the first woman mayor, youngest woman uh, mayor elected, and she was standing there. It was a powerful message mm -hmm. where she was able to express. And, and she was called the international community support for women education, such as in Afghanistan. And those prisoners having, uh, you probably seen those uh, photographs who were holding you know, their family members in pictures and those who are still in, in prisons and they are continue looking for where they're about and what their health conditions. Mm -hmm. And this must do United Nations and, and those countries like UK and US and, and France Security Council members particularly, mm -hmm. we should be able to access this kind of uh, uh, the interaction and conversation dialogue uh, between those families able to even visit where these their family members are currently detained and imprisoned. And this, at that conference and summit, we have we have, we had we had only seen few family members who are currently detained and imprisoned, but there are far more, could be hundreds of thousands of people in these countries, um, Saudi Arabia, Iran, China, Russia, Turkey. We name it those uh, those countries where this situation is going on. In North Korea, we don't even know actually because there is no internet phone and able to even contact with family members. Even myself, I cannot contact my family members or relatives in North Korea. And the summit was being held at the United Nations headquarters in Geneva, as, as you've already said. Again, you, you mentioned some of the incredible stories that were being shared. And of course, in your speech at the summit, you shared your own story. So 
what was it like having the opportunity to share with the world what what your experiences were and uh, what what you'd been through at the the really iconic Palace of Nations? Yeah, um, I of course um, I did not mean to. It was not in my plan to express my emotions, you know, at at that uh, moment and on the stage. But this is what it shows people like myself or others who imagine you born in a prison country and you didn't even know who you were and what kind of love choice and opportunity you could have. This was a place people born in North Korea, they, they grew up with this environment. And all of a sudden, like myself, when I first escaped to China and seeing all different things, even though China is a communist dictatorship, and that now you were able to stand uh, at the summit and the international uh, community and, and stage, what it shows that world could be far more better like this, what it meant to be. But very sadly and unfortunately, the world is not going into that direction. So it has shown me the place of uh, what international community far should and much do. And particularly during this time where dictators, they're all standing together alongside. Then why not the, the fundamental basic right of uh, freedom, human rights, democracy, and, and freedom of faith, those countries who allow able to express, we must make the uh, chains of humanity instead of chains of oppression and darkness those dictators do to their own citizens. Mm -hmm. So this is what international community and the summit, it means that is the platform of freedom and expression, speech and opportunity. And I call, I, 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 I call, out, call out more to do of these members because far, so far we have allowed such as like, such as Putin is able to co come up all this way until this moment. And what about China these days? Mm -hmm. There are far more we need to do and we need more freedom fighters and human rights activists and religious activists mm -hmm. should come to that stage and speak and to express what is going on in their countries right now. And this is what the world is we need for instead of putting all in, in, the, in prison societies, what's happening, we cannot even see her where they are. I, I completely agree with you there. And you said something in, in your speech to the Geneva Summit, which, which really struck a chord with me. You said, after 74 years of totalitarian rule, they never succeeded in destroying our hopes and dreams. Now, you, you and I have discussed your story before on, on this show, and you know I, I don't wish to dredge up too, too many uh, uh, negative memories or experiences for you, but just... Just to pick up on, on that quote there, how difficult was it to stay optimistic when you'd uh, escaped North Korea the first time and you'd been brought back? And just how difficult is it to stay optimistic and just simply not let your hopes and dreams be destroyed, as you say? I think probably we all know that suffering does not destroy faith, hmm. but it refines. And we all are going through a difficult moment whether people born in North Korea or other uh, dictative countries or even democracy, we all have our own fears in this way. 
but my own fear I was able to overcome. I have to say it was faith in hope, something that I was able to see and tomorrow what could happen. You don't see it. But if you have that faith in, in your heart, it shows the hope it comes. It's like this, when you're in prison cell, through the, through the window, you can see the, the sunlight outside. You just dream it. And I, I, I still remember the moment I was standing there every morning and was hoping someday I will get up from this place and I will have this, the beautiful sunshine and I will receive it and I will run with this and I will play with this and I will stand with this. I think the hope, it's a small things. It's a small things. Be faithful in tiny things that gives you strength and hope. This is the point about what I mentioned, 74 years totalitarian regime. They haven't succeeded in fact. That hope is now spread around someone like myself or other North Korean uh, and escapees who have been able to leave the country and learn, understand, and what is what love means. It's not meant to be forced, but it ha it should have a choice. And that is what is what the hope continues and dreams. In fact, look, if we thought the regime has been completely successful regime, then how come someone or some people who can have the hope and dreams to be able to go back to their own country someday and want to see their family and have a laugh and, and beautiful dinner and, and then ask each other for so many questions you know i think this this hope is uh, is there and it is right now here and that hope will be there in this darkest land people outside inside it they they are very exhausted because of too long they oppressed but there is, there, is a, there is a connection and bridge between these outsiders who, are, who, are, uh, who understand the suffering of what North Korean people are going through and who understand how we must open this prison door and how we're going to open it. But in the meantime, those also who are stand against and, and fight from even in this darkness, North Korea. So this connection gives great hope and hope is not something we cannot see, but it, it is visible also. It is visible, such as was able to stand at that Geneva Summit Conference and where you stand and overcome all these uh, difficulties and challenges and darkness and fear. Mm. I think we can all be champion of who we are mm. and it is upon our smile. And the, the, the most powerful weapon, I often say, nuclear power, no, it's not the best weapon and powerful, but the powerful weapon, it is in our heart, wow. as long as we have a hope for what it comes to. Wow, well, I'm just so in, in awe of your, your su such positive attitudes, really, and, you know, to, to remain so optimistic about... When, when you are in such a difficult situation, it, it really is just incredible. And I have so, so much ad admiration for you and what, what you've been through. And, you know, to, to have the opportunity to speak at such a prominent international event like the Geneva Summit, you know, the, there are going to be many senior policymakers or high-ranking government officials or ministers who, who will have followed that summit and heard uh, many of the speeches, including your own. So, 
What do you hope will be the impact of what was discussed at the summit? And what do you hope that those people in power who are in a position to make change, particularly on the human rights stage, what what do you think will be the impact on them? And how do you think that what uh, you've said and what others who are speaking at the event have said can actually bring change? Well, this is a probably historical patterns every century when we faced this kind of um, situation. The one thing has remained the same urgency and requests and raised questions is, do you not be silent? Every single speaker who gave a talk at the event, at the Geneva summit, every single speaker mentioned this, do not be silent. That's what I even mentioned in my speech. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. We all, we, we, we hope, and I hope, all those um, each in the delegation and, and diplomats who, uh, who were there, and when they go back, and when they come to international stage particularly, they should not hesitate to stand against these countries. Not countries, countries are beautiful, but these leaders who are oppressing their own citizens. If we continue allowed to do that, this is a, we call it dangerous. When we go back to history, not long ago even, that was just last century when Winston Churchill and Prime Ministers stood and he was able to uh, 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 mobilize all these countries and to stand against this. And he stood and he spoke and he did act. And we need that. We need that mentality to continue on. And someone even like uh, barely knew around the, the, uh, our world who was a Dietrich Bonhoeffer was just that he was an activist so far. But he did. He was a German citizen who stood and who spoke and he did act on behalf of others because this responsibility is we not we shouldn't uh, think of the, oh, this is far away from me. It, it doesn't bother me. Or it is not our matter. But if we allow to do that, this is what it's been happening. China and Russia overcome too far and North Korea continue to do this uh, international uh, intercontinental ballistic missile test. Meanwhile, their own citizens are starving. Mm. What is the primary responsibility for leaders? So this, what the impact I, I'm hoping and I expect, and I want them to do that to speak and, and, and to act on behalf of these peoples who are continually cannot express their voice, who we call voiceless of these millions. And they should have the conscience what, why they must do that, why they have to do it. Or even those diplomats, if they have courage to stand against their own leaders. Okay, well, well let's move away from the Geneva summit for a moment, because since we last spoke, You've been selected as a candidate in the upcoming local elections being held on the 5th of May. So how's your campaign going so far? I think it's been going so far so good. Very interestingly, my word, we only have two candidates this year. Mm -hmm. So last year or even um, previous elections, we usually have three or four candidates. But this year, we only have two candidates between Conservatives and Labour. So this shows... It's quite great competition, I think. And it, it also gives me a feeling of quite honored that I am 
able to, uh, I continue able to stand in this election, particularly this year, just to have one opposition candidate. So um, the community and supporters, obviously, they will choose who could, who is going to be the best candidate, you know, and and servant of the community, and who can be after the election, you know. But, um, this election is it shows me quite interesting, and also it is my second time standing, and I am very grateful for my residents' nomination, particularly who have uh, as, uh, who continue support me, and also they become my friends. So I have many friends in my community today. Oh, well, that, that's fantastic to hear. And what what have been some of the main issues people have been talking to you about on on the doorstep? And what are those things people are really concerned about in the area you're standing in? Um, we all, yeah, probably know what what is right now happening, and with this war happening, and price going up, and energy bill uh, uh, skyrocketing. And, and also council tax. I think the, one of the first thing comes to me speaking, talking to residents uh, is the council tax bill. Mm. And I actually figured out that, and we all know around the Thameside Conservatives, why Thameside is one of the most you know, high and expensive council tax bills than any other places. And I have a lot of questions. And I have these questions for our, uh, you know, teams at the uh, council, local politicians as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course, they might say because of lack of budget, but this is the same um, excuse and same um, reply for so many years, perhaps, if we may. But somehow, when we look at it, look, look, um, apart from party politics, but when we look at like someone, uh, people and represent as local politicians, this meant to be efficient and pragmatic politician. And and party politics may give in this way guidance, but in the meantime, your personal effort is great to show them compassionate and, and take and care for them and love them and support them. There are many difficult situations is happening right now, a number of people who are continue to come to even collect food back. Uh, food bank, food box. I am one of the volunteers. Actually, I work. Uh, my lo- uh, I work with a local food bank. I try to speak to these people when I see them who come to collect food bags, and some of them show us uh, this reason, this reason, and this reason. There are various reasons, but somehow, if I ask five people this question, three people come and uh, probably four people come and say to me, "We can't afford council tax bill." It's mm. the same thing uh, on doorstep local residents telling me the same re- um, um, and concerns and as well as those who come to collect food bank food. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm elected and if I'm sitting in the council, I think my first question I want to raise for our leader of the council and all our local politicians, is there any chance why we have to maintain and with this high council tax bill for those people who are quite, particularly who have low income families who are struggling to afford and look after their children, you know, these high bills. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I am also concerned, even my wife is asking me, honey, why these prices keep going up? Well, it, it certainly seems like you've got a, a fight on your hands in the upcoming election. So just to just finish then, let, let's go back to the, the Geneva summit. 
what what do you hope people will take away from listening to your speech at the convention or from hearing your story when you've spoken in the past but on this show or indeed in other places what what's the message that you want people to pick up from when they they hear about your story and your experiences i mentioned in my speech i have survived upon the power of humanity and love and beauty. In these three worlds, there are significant implications it shows. When even whatever it happens, yes, I I survived living on the street and I survived from imprisonment and I survived even from my darkest moment of trauma. And every time, every moment when I was going through this, I stood against it. But I was able to do this because of someone's compassion and love. And without any conditions, they come and give give me uh, food and drop of a coin into my hand. Our small act, it, it changes someone's life. Perhaps that person who did drop bread and coin into my hand, I don't even know who that person was. But if even this person didn't know how much that changed my life. So even this darkness, what was falling in this North Korea under this oppressive totalitarian regime, there were, I still saw those brothers and sisters who I was able to live on the streets. We share, there was a... Com- there was compassionate and humanity and love. So the powerful message we always have as history shows, our, our love for others and care for others, that changes, that brings who we are and community and that makes progress of our human society. It's not nuclear power comes to change the world, but it destroy, destroys. But our love, we look at this world happens in Ukraine. We are standing, and you, uh, in solidarity, and we support these refugees with our heart. What we can do with our small part, we take. Mm-hmm. And this is my message. I have survived, and today I am standing for those who were in same circumstances who are going through. But let's let's all of us take our own part. What we can do. It's all different parts. We don't have to think complicated. But even you buy one bread and coffee for a homeless people on the streets, you never know that might change his, his or her life, what it becomes. Well, Timothy Cho, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Please keep, keep up fighting the good fight and very best of luck in your election campaign. Thank you. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.